Welcome to the quarterly episode of Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. That used to be a joke. And at this point, it is not a joke. This is the this is quarter one, 2021 episode of Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. I am your host, Michael T.Y.P. Cole, and my good friend, Dr. Jonathan Metz, is with me to bring in the new year. I pay a quarter to listen to this show quarterly. <laughs> Anywho, uh, Johnny picked a few games. Uh, I picked two games. I got a list of requests here, so it's a good mixture of inputs here. It's the usual drill. Uh, let's see, it's three songs per game. Your job as the listener is to figure out the game based on the music. We do have our hint question. Um, no funny business this time. Um, Johnny only knows his selection, so he'll kind of play along there. But other than that, you know, just pretty straightforward stuff. Hope uh, hope you guys enjoy it. It's been a while since uh, I record one of these. So yeah, let's let's play some good music. Talk about some good games.
I like that. Uh, it's kind of like a Spanish guitar, but there's like a theremin as the lead <laughs> or something. It's really weird. Yeah, there's a there's some interesting um, instrument combos on the soundtrack um, that make it very appealing for me, for sure. Okay, I guess we'll go on to the second song.
So I I would consider that three songs, uh, just <laughs> variations on one song. But I know I didn't create the soundtrack. I didn't. <laughs> a lot a lot of you know soundtracks choose to break up the three versions or building up into three different songs. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Your your, your song choice. It's okay. I, 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 it, 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 it builds. I get what. Yeah, it, what it, it has to do with the design of the game. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> it's fair. You know, I know Sonic the Hedgehog 2, you know, Act 1 and Act 2 are similar, but they are different right, songs. Right. Yeah. Um, so you want to have the hint question now, Johnny? Yeah, I don't know. I do, Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you haven't played this game, this music is probably a, a bit confounding in some way or another, but um, but I, I, think it, I think it'll make a little more sense in context. So... Here's a hint question um, that might help jog your memory or, or give you some idea here, uh, if you don't know it already. What Greek word, meaning subterranean, names a mythological subcategory containing several of this game's main characters? Greek word describing several of this game's main characters. Last song.
like that one. Yeah, yeah, in the blood. Uh, okay, well, this game is... Thurman Master. Thurman Master. <laughs> it's Hades. It's Hades. Uh, the, the game of the year of 2020, if you ask me, and uh, a lot of other people, I think. Um, really, really fantastic um, indie release, um, and a game that is a lot bigger than you would think. I mean, just feel, feels bigger, feels, feels, um, you know, um, feels kind of meaty and, and deep and, um, very thoroughly produced, um, from a very small team. Um, and, uh, and one of the biggest hits on switch for 2020, um, and, and definitely the game I played the most in 2020. Um, so yeah, Hades, you know, it's this action, very fast paced, very challenging, um, action game, um, that, um, you might not expect to become such a big hit, but um, the and, and it has kind of a roguelike um, uh, structure to it, I suppose, um, to a degree, in that you are repeating, you're going, you're going through these levels over and over again, but they're always different. Your path through them will always be different. Your abilities are always different. And the thing I think that really has made the game kind of reach a new um, audience and kind of a, a much bigger audience than it would have otherwise is the story and the writing and the the uh, the voice acting and to some degree the maybe the music too that, that goes along with all of that um, but definitely the story and the characters and the artwork that, that goes with that the writing and, and everything um, gives Hades a, a, a special sauce um, that, uh, that that goes way beyond the extremely tight game design and action um, controls that, that I love so much about it so um, yeah, I, I guess it, in hindsight, maybe it shouldn't be surprising that it's been such a hit, but, um, but, uh, I, I've, I've been very, very glad to see that people are latching onto Hades. I don't know if this is a game, Mike, that has appealed to you at all. Um, you know, I, I'm not playing that many games lately and I'm, a lot of them are just revisiting old games. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like this game would just stress me out. <laughs> um, I can see that. And I don't need more of that right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I passed on it. Not not that it isn't something that might appeal to me. Roguelikes in general, kind of off-putting. But um, yeah, it's just I don't need something that is going to raise the tension further. I just don't need it right now. I hear that. Yeah. I mean, the action in Hades is intense. Very and and almost and it stays intense most of the time. Um, so I think I think that's a that's a reasonable. Um, apprehension about it but yeah you know for me it, it really it didn't click with me right away but after i don't know two three four hours of kind of fiddling around with it and getting getting a feel for it and trying out a few different things i started to find certain power-ups that i really like certain weapons that i really liked and kind of started to to develop my own tactics and started to find a little bit more success and of course your your character is getting stronger as you go through this and you open up lots of new options for upgrades and you can start to piece together like these custom build, builds that you don't have complete control over because you're like choosing you're typically choosing a power out of like one of three you kind of just have mm -hmm. to choose you know which of these three um serves me best or works best with the things i've already chosen or maybe kind of starts to specify my character off in a different direction that i'm that i'm more interested in if i want to you know, deal more with, if I want more survival ability or more dodging, um, or if I want to be able to do a lot more damage over a large area or do a, a high amount of damage to a single enemy like a boss. There's lots of different ways you can approach these things. And eventually you kind of learn, you actually in some ways need to build a balanced character, but that's very hard to do. So you end up 
kind of um, you typically will kind of find some strange um, approach, you know, just depending on the particular combination of going through that time, and then just you get better at the game and you just adapt the way you play to the abilities that you have that particular time through, and that's really what what gives it life over and over again. Because you find you you find that you might be a more versatile player than you thought at first, um, as you start to learn, uh, you know, understand all the mechanics. So that's the part that's exciting for me, uh, obviously, but. Um, but like I said, the artwork and the writing is is exceptional, and um, and definitely is something that that people are latching onto with Hades. And that gets into the bonus uh, question I had here, which um, just briefly to, to repeat it, it's the the Greek word meaning subterranean um, that uh, kind of is used to describe a, a category of the the gods and mythological characters in this game, and that word is chthonic. It's uh, it's spelled and it sounds kind of like a Lovecraftian term. Um, but uh, it's C-H-T-H-O-N-I-C, chthonic. It's one of those words I saw in the game, and it felt familiar and almost like I could almost tell you what it meant, even though I'm not sure <laughs> where I would have seen this before. Um, but it's a game, it's a word that I just think is fun to read and fun to say, and, uh, and it comes up quite a few times, and it, it just describes all the gods of the underworld, which are distinct in this game from the gods of Olympus. Um, and even some of the other gods that are kind of off in their own weird uh, subcategories. Um, but the menus are laid out, so there's even a whole set of chthonic gods. You can go and read all their profiles and understand your character's relationship with them a little bit better. Um, and I guess there's an argument over whether the main character of the game, Zagreus, and even his father Hades, are should be considered chthonic gods. Maybe Zagreus, but not his father, since he was, Zagreus was born in the underworld. Um, but they're also both of Olympus in another way. So these kinds of like families of gods and how they interact is deeply embedded into the not only the ancient Greek lore that you know that that um, buttresses this game story, but also the writing of the game itself and the plot and the dialogue. The relationships of all these characters is very rooted in these, this family past and a lot of family trauma as well, and how they're all processing it and and learning about each other. Now, when you replay this game, um, is it the same character? You're just your upgrades are just different because it's kind of random, and there's some choice, or, or is it? Um, yeah, so there's like uh, there's different layers of, of customization, I guess. So there's like six weapons that you unlock very quickly when you first start playing. Um, so for, you know, most of the time you're playing Hades, you would have your choice of any of these six weapons. And they all are, are a little bit different, but not they're not radically different. You know, they're just they're just like a spear versus a versus a sword and a shield versus a um, a bow and arrow. It's like they're you know they play similarly, but the the small differences between those among those different weapons can be greatly exaggerated by some of the power ups and the um, the tweaks uh, that you get from the gods of Olympus, as well as these weapon upgrades from the hammers that you find along the way, and so. Typically what happens is the first, you know, few the first few minutes of a run tend to be very similar from from one run to the next cuz you start out at kind of with kind of a basic build, but very rapidly you can start to get more and more exotic kinds of um, abilities that would that might drive you to play the game in quite a different way or sometimes they combine in, in really strange and and fun combinations that you kind of discover along the way. Um, so and and then along the way you do kind of earn some currency like darkness and things like that. You you earn a couple of kinds of currency that you're able to um, 
apply to a kind of a leveling up system in between runs as well. Cool. So you're always getting stronger, but but you know just because you got really good with the sword and the lightning powers in one run, that doesn't necessarily mean anything for your next run. But your character in general will become stronger, and um, and you can do things like. Uh, increase the chances of getting uh, rarer power-ups, or more interesting uh, to me is the ability to sometimes re-roll the, um, the random assortment that you get that you can choose from. So you can use that to kind of steer these runs, uh, the, the, the character builds, you can steer it off in different directions as you go through. Okay, well, I've probably spent enough time on here. <laughs> yes. Uh, like a half an hour in. I understand. But, uh, composer was Darren Korb and that at least according to the uh, file you sent me, the, the vocalist on that last song was Ashley Barrett. Mm -hmm. So I thought I'd throw that out too. Um, okay, with that, we're going to go on to my first pick. Uh, and I, I, don't, I don't know if you're going to get this or not. I really don't know. We'll see. We'll hear.
All right. Well, that, that was the first song. Yeah, it's beautiful. I really like that. Yeah. This game has nice music. That's why I picked that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I really enjoyed that, Mike. Um, when the uh, piano comes in about halfway through and really kind of 
kicks up the energy, you know, uh, I, it took me by surprise. I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is special. Yeah. This game has a lot of layers in the, in the soundtracks. So I think it's just sort of fading different aspects in and out for, um, just kind of a sampling. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's your hint question, Donnie. What collectible allows you to run for longer? Lovely. I have a guess. Go for it. Um, I'm not very confident, but this music reminds me of a little game I played last year called A Short Hike. 
Ding, 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 ding. Aha. We have a winner. Oh, good. Yeah. That's a that's totally a game I played through, like, I don't know, sometime in the summer, um, you know, during lockdown, of course. Right. And, um, and, and just, yeah, I, you know, I listened to the music a good bit, and I thought, I should save this one for radio trivia, and then <laughs> forgot to write it down. So, I'm <laughs> so glad you found it. Well, I actually played it, like, a week ago. I was just okay. looking for something to play. Um, ideally, something that, if I like, I could use in the show. And... Uh, mm-hmm. And I had vaguely heard, you know, oh yeah, you know, what good reviews, what well regarded. I had it on my favorites list or whatever. So yeah, okay, it sounds like a good fit. Let's check it out. It, it's it's a really nice little game, and mm-hmm. I think it's made basically by one person plus the composer, yeah. uh, the composer being Mark Spaulding and uh, Adam Robinson. You, I think, was the is the maker of the game. So I, I don't know if it first came out on Windows like a year earlier or what, but. Yeah, that sounds right. I was interested in it, and it's one of those games that came out for PC that seemed destined for a Switch port. Yeah. And so I just kind of waited and uh, and was rewarded because um, the Switch version is very good, and it and it feels like a natural home for, oh, yeah. for a game like this. Now, th- this game, um, it, it feels like a mixture of Overworld Zelda uh, plus Animal Crossing, and there, mm-hmm. there may be one or two other games I'm, I'm not putting my finger on right now but it is also i mean it's a it's a 3d platformer at its core it's not like ac- hardcore action focused like a mario game um it's more exploration and more you know low stakes uh kind of stuff but yeah well it reminds me of the climbing in breath of the wild a lot sure. of the a lot of it's climbing and then there's a lot of uh gliding which is, is a little bit like the stuff in wind waker Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the kind of the Zelda, and also you know, just talking with the different folks on this remote island. So, so the, the premise here, if you didn't, if you haven't played it, is is you're, I guess you're taking a vacation. You're visiting your your Aunt May uh, on an island that seems like it's off of a mainland somewhere, nondescript. And you know, these are all animal characters. You're a bird. Uh, I forget the the girl bird's name that you play as. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so you're, you're kind of like okay, I'm gonna go for a hike, and and I think for the main story, it's to get cell reception. Yeah, you're you're expecting a phone call. Um, the the MacGuffin at the beginning is is to climb to the top of this of the mountain that's in the center of of this island, and but you kind of have to meander and interact with people and get these. Uh, well, do you know what the upgrade is? Um, yeah, the main upgrade was golden feathers that let right. you flap your wings and, and I think also run. Let's you run and lets you climb more. Well. Basically, it's your stamina meter. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, it does a lot of things, um, but basically you're, you're inching your way up and as you get more gold feathers by exploring or buying them, um, it increases your capacity to explore just like in Breath of the Wild, right? And then uh, after the, like the post game is all just sort of discovering the stuff you missed. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a lot of little things. I mean, there's nothing huge, but for example, um, I didn't encounter the, the fishing guy, you know, when I first played the game, when I came back a few days later, whatever, I meander over somewhere and I meet this guy who gives me a fishing rod. So mm-hmm. now I have a fishing rod. Um, so there's some stuff like that that really reminds me of Animal Crossing or side questy stuff in, in Zelda. It's very low key. Um, I'm not sure how much it's going to hold my attention long term, but it is the sort of game I could definitely see cracking open for 20 minutes and just let me go explore uh, what's over here. 
Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. And, and you know, it's, it's got its own personality. It really does have its own voice. Um, and um, it looks nice. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a intentionally pixelated, but it's, it's 3D rendered. Yeah, it looks like a somewhat modern version of like a like an N64 game. It has like kind of an, an intentionally low poly sort of a look to it. Yeah, N64 or even maybe like DS. It kind of reminds me of yeah. the Mario 64 port on DS. Yeah. In terms of its visual aesthetic. But the frame rate is better. <laughs> yes, much better. <laughs> Um, it does have basically the, the fog of war going on though in the background. But that, I mean, it doesn't intrude. It's kind of a stylistic, um, smart choice. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you're gliding, you can you know, get pretty high up off the mountain. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun flying around in this game. Um, it's you can't just you can't necessarily just fly forever, um, which is probably good. But uh, you can go far, and, and the more feathers you f- you find, you know, the the more you can do with all of that. And so, eventually, you can get around quite quickly and reach some really interesting, you know, parts of the environment. Um, uh, and, and it's all very free, freely explorable because you can climb on any surface and you can fly. So eventually, you know, you can really, um, you can really hunt down all the little secrets uh, and, and fun little characters that yeah. they've hidden out of the way. Yeah, I, I think a short hike is a lovely game. I mean, you're not going to get a really long playtime out of it. Um, it's kind of the perfect game to play through in in a weekend or a few. You know, it's only it's only a few hours long. So if you like the idea of um, cracking into a game and actually being able to complete it, sometimes I really crave that feeling because yeah. it's come so rarely yeah. these days. Um, so I think it's nice for that because it is a it is a complete experience that only takes a few hours to get through, and it's not it's certainly not very challenging, but it's not it's not boring and simplistic either. You know, it has real gameplay and and it, it's very very charming, really lovely. The, the, the controls are definitely more sophisticated than initially you let on i mean mm-hmm. I, I learned stuff about the gliding gliding mechanic even after i quote unquote beat the game um so it, yeah it's um it's it's i like this game in that it, it really isn't trying to pad it isn't trying to be overly ambitious it just it does a couple of things and it does it really well yeah um it just it really does feel polished i mean it, it it's a good game yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, if, if you missed this last year, or or for some reason just put it on the on the bucket list like I did, uh, pick it up. I mean, it's it was like eight bucks maybe. I, I think they often have it on sale too. Yeah, uh, I don't remember what the full price is. So, but it's it's not a lot, and uh, it's worth it. I mean, it, it's it's worth a couple hours of your time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, um, you know, to the third game, which is a listener request. I'll just leave it at that.
There must be a loop in there. I know I said that on another game earlier, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know where the loops are, so I'm going to cut that off there. Sure. Um, that was the first song. Yeah, really exciting. I, I immediately thought of a certain action movie franchise, but I'll, I'll probably hold that to myself for now. I no longer think this might be a game, but I don't know what in the world it could be. So uh, this game is a reimagining of sorts of which classic game from an earlier console?
All right, Johnny, what's your guess? I really don't know. So, um, ra- rather than not guess at all, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go back to my first uh, inclination and 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 say maybe this is the um, the Golden Eye that was released for Wii. Right again, sir. Ah, really? <laughs> You're good at this game, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. It wasn't that obscure a game. I guess this not. Yeah. I have played this, but I don't remember the music. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's very cinematic, but kind of mm-hmm. fades into the background. This was requested a long time ago by Roy Koopa sixty four, um, and I just never got around to it. This is probably the last first person shooter I played, and by that I mean I played one level of it and said, "Yep, still don't like first person shooters." <laughs> this game's like over <laughs> ten years old, Mike. I know that's it's my that's my while. point. <laughs> a little bit of correction. Uh, I did actually play a first person shooter uh, after this game. Um, yeah, I think I talked about it on the show. It, it was Doom for the Switch. A very similar experience. Uh, played one level and said, yeah, not interested." Maybe I'm due for my dec- every decade. Do I still hate first-person shooters? Yeah, yeah, I still do. So, <laughs> Well, then hold out for Metroid Prime 4, at oh, least. Oh, yeah. Well, Metroid Prime <laughs> is a series I, I kind of like in spite of its combat. It's not really that much of a first-person shooter, really. Yeah. So, um, well, that's funny. Thank you, uh, Roy Koopa, um, for requesting that. And good, good. I don't know if it was him or you, Mike, who chose the songs, but good job dodging the obvious, um, the most obvious James Bond audio cues that would have given it away. Well, the third one definitely has it in there if, if you're listening carefully. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, the, the, it, no, it, the game was really big when it came out. Um, and it was kind of one of these games like, see, you can have more than just Wii Sports on, on your Wii. Um, <laughs> I don't remember if I bought the game and only played a level of it, or if I borrowed it from a friend or what. But I mean, I was impressed by the game and the controls are great. I just personally can't get into first-person shooters. It just wasn't isn't for me. So, so I put it down. But I, I could definitely appreciate the production quality there. And I think they released it a year or two later on other systems as uh, GoldenEye Reloaded. Right. Yeah. So um, some may have played it on there. It's it's more or less the same game. Yeah, you know, I think the I think the the, the campaign uh, missions in this Goldeneye remake are not they're they're not that great. I mean, even at the time when 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 the remake came out for Wii, I think they really weren't um, they didn't capture the excitement of playing through the campaign in, in the N sixty four Goldeneye very well. They they had modernized them a little bit, and I think they had retained some some good things. Like there were a lot of um, optional sub objectives and things like that you know that you could get different commendations or different bonuses if you were able to complete them so there, there's some stuff like that that i thought added to the kind of free roaming nature of 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 the of the levels but overall there's a lot of scripted sequences and and things that i don't think work that well and i remember in particular the final boss of the campaign is virtually impossible it's just like a very bizarre kind of encounter that they set up where you have to you have to shoot this guy like hundreds and hundreds of times to defeat him and it it makes no sense in in any kind of james bond context and and it's also just like not fun at all um but the, the the main reason to play this was frankly the multiplayer i mean the the four player mode was very good one of 
one of the, the most fun four-player games on Wii, I think, for split screen. And then it had a very competent online mode um, that was, if you remember, Mike, this was the game that we chose to, um, uh, to, to kind of play as like a retroactive for uh, on Radio Free Nintendo f to celebrate the end of the Wii Connect. Was it the Nintendo oh, Wi-Fi connection? Oh. Nintendo Wi-Fi connection was the Wii online wow. service um, that they that they ran through GameSpy technology. Oddly enough, but yeah, that when that service shut down, it meant that the online play for this game on Wii uh, was no longer functional after that point. So this was kind of the game that we played um, together um, on RFN and with a lot of uh, a lot of listeners too and other staff members. Um, around that time and and even coming back several years after the original release of the remake the online mode still worked great and still was really fun and i i, I think it's a shame that you know that part of the game really can't be enjoyed anymore um maybe maybe the if they ever if they did ever bring it out on xbox 360 that version might still work uh but i don't know for sure i think this did come out on 360 a year or two later mm. so it's possible yeah yeah that one might still be up and running, but uh, yeah, that that multiplayer was fun, and and it really did capture some of the you know the silliness and and the 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 really goofy fun of uh, GoldenEye multiplayer that I remember so well from the '90s. Oh, so yeah. I thought that yeah. was an achievement. Cool. Well, I'm glad you got this one, Johnny. I, I thought you might. I'm surprised I got this one, <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah. So obviously the answer you already gave it, but yeah, it's the, the game basically you're talking about the rare GoldenEye 007 for N64, which uh, it, it you know it's made by a different team, Eurocom, mm -hmm. published by Activision, but I mean it's based on the same movie and and it's and it's based on the same game too. There's there there are definitely a lot of mechanics and concepts that aren't you know you can't copyright and they yeah. and they certainly riff on in this game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not officially related to the Rare game for N64, but it's obviously based on it. And that's a good thing. I think they did they did pretty well with that. I guess better than, uh, what was it, GoldenEye Rogue Agent or something? Oh, best we not speak of that one. <laughs> let's just, let's not remember that thing. That's, that's an EA joint from a few years earlier that... Uh, did not oh. go so well. Oh, I didn't know it was EA. Yeah, that's a that's a totally different game. That's not good at all. Alrighty, uh, next game is my pick.
Oh, that was frantic. Mm-hmm. What's what's going on that we have to we have to take action? Well, it's an action game. Ah, that makes sense. <laughs> going to need that hint mike it uh certainly reminds me of certain things and certain eras yeah oh the suspiciously familiar grim reaper type boss in this game goes by what name
good baseline. That one. Um. All right, it's guessing time, right? It's a guessing time. Okay, I'm gonna walk you through my logic here toward my uh, incorrect answer. So, um, first thought was definitely has a Mega Man vibe, um, especially with those bass lines and some of the synth. Um, I felt like the uh, fidelity and the instrumentation. Uh, I, I, do, I don't really recognize these songs, but I would say they have a like 16-bit esque vibe to them. Um, could be later, but but I that that's my first thought. Um, and then your question about the 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 villain, suspiciously familiar villain or something like that, dressed as the Grim Reaper, <laughs> makes me think that. Um, Somewhere in one of maybe the original trilogy of Mega Man X games, I think Sigma came back in a disguise and then is only revealed to to be to be Sigma, you know, reincarnated somehow later on in the game. So, with all that said, this doesn't seem right, but I'm I'm gonna go with like let's say Mega Man X three. All right, going for the classic Mega Man guess when you don't know it yeah uh, that's that's very interesting I, I think we've already used Mega Man X X2 and X3 so yeah, that, that, is, that is not correct um, this is a game that was recently released for the Nintendo Switch Online service mm. called Super Valis 4 I think it's the only <laughs> okay. game in the Valis series that's come out on a Nintendo system yeah um, well definitely early SNES um, it's it's sort of a Castlevania knockoff, from what I can tell. Um, I don't know if the full series is like that. Um, it's I think the series uh, is more of like a PC Engine and MSX uh, type mm-hmm. game um, series. So uh, this was I think the only one that came out on a Nintendo platform. Um, but yeah, you know it's it's kind of a deep cut. I, I like that they're they went with something that uh, a lot of people probably aren't aware of i wasn't aware of this game before yeah they've um, done a good job of that over the last uh you know two or three uh releases where they've they've dropped extra games on the platform i think they've done a nice job of kind of digging into some more obscurities that um that that you you might not have gotten a chance to try out on something like virtual console where they were trying to sell the games um a la carte you know mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I messed with Super Valis 4 um, when it when they dropped it on NES, uh, Super NES Online uh, for the Switch. I messed with it, but I I probably didn't even finish more than one or two levels, so I wouldn't have recognized this music. Um, but I, I thought it was okay. It's very stilted feeling. Like it it looks nice, um, and I and I generally like those 16-bit kind of action platformers. But it it had a kind of a clunky. Feel to it that it, I wasn't sure if it would be worth my time to, to keep going through it. Did you did you play much of it? I played about two levels, maybe three levels. Um, one thing I, I my reaction was very similar to yours at first uh, until I discovered you can run by double tapping in a direction, and then it felt a little snappier. It's still kind of a clunky game, but I I, I mean the power ups seemed interesting enough. They you know you have. You collect power-ups that are, are you know, basically sub-weapons. Um, and you can collect a couple in your arsenal, but once you use it, it's it's um, you have to use that. So, you know, you once you've activated whatever your your three-beam attack or whatever you want to call it, you get 20 of those until you use some other item you've collected, which kind of overwrites it. Mm. Um, so there's an interesting 
kind of mechanic of, you know, when do I want to choose to, to start using this thing? Um, because, you know, if, if you're not thoughtful about this, you can wind up wasting some of your more powerful ammunition. So, I, I mean, okay. I, I, I think it's pretty clunky. I, I, one of the, the boss I kind of stopped on, um, it, it seemed fairly unforgiving um, in terms of avoiding uh, the maneuvers. Uh, and it's pretty stingy about life from, from uh, what I could tell. Yeah, well, you can always rewind on the switch. Exactly, I, I cheese the hell out of that. Yeah, just to get as far as I did. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'll probably explore a little more. I mean, I, I'm not a huge classic Castlevania person, as, as I've said before on this show. So mm-hmm. uh, this knockoff, you know, of a classic Castlevania is, is even less interesting to me in some ways. But um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, again, it, it's something that we haven't seen before, and. I'm all for it, and I, I think they released a couple other really weird deep cuts at the same time. Like there was that um, like point-and-click adventure for NES that they released, right? Um, oh yeah, and uh, Scat also for NES. <laughs> the weird, weird kind of 2D shoot 'em up, um, like multi multi-directional scrolling. Um, yeah, there've been a, there've been several really strange um, a couple of import games, you know, like never before released in the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very exciting to see them go for, and um, and you know, nothing with a lot of text, but um, but it's just really cool to see them stretching, you know, what they what they want to include. And I'm more than happy, even if I only play these games once or twice, you know, and just spend a few minutes. I feel like I got something out of it. Like I learned that's a game, mm-hmm. I, you know. I never would have tried, you know, I mean, the only way I would have had access to it is like load up an old emulator and just pick it out of a giant list of, of ROMs or something. Yeah. And I'm not doing that these days. I don't have time. You know, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, there'd be nothing to make me pick that one out of the list probably. So to have it floated up and presented in a nice way on the switch is like, yeah, I'll, I'll you know, I'll play this at least once and, and check it out. And I, I've, I've had a good time just exploring the library that way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, repeat myself every quarter at this point but i, I gotta point out one of the recent releases was jalico published oh so come snap. on get, get that pinball quest my wife come on <laughs> why, are you, why are you sitting on the pinball quest if, if jalico can be published i, I think that was a tose game so they're still around so come on nintendo let, <laughs> I, I know you're holding out the goods that would definitely fit into the uh, into the um, you know the collection of obscure third-party games yes. from yesteryear <laughs> that no one would probably no one but you and I would probably pay money for <laughs> if they if they released it a la carte um, right. or even part of a collection. But yeah, this seem, this service is a good way to, to get that stuff in front of people. Um, yeah, well, we'll yeah, hold so- out hope. Yeah, so so I don't know who composed the music for this game. I wasn't able to figure that out. And uh, the the Grim Reaper boss, which you know looks very similar to <laughs> said Grim Reaper from Castlevania games, uh, only less interesting maybe, uh, is nondescriptly named DS30. I don't know if that is like a, a Japanese uh, accent joke of death, is like Desu or something. But um, yeah, DS30. DS30. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> okay. We got last, one last game here, and Johnny picked it. So yeah. we will just start with the first song here, if I can pull it up. Here we go.
mysterious <laughs> yeah um oh i don't know what to say about this song i think it's a good representation of the sound of the style the overall style of the soundtrack
I wanted to like that song, but there was something about that bass line, or, or I don't know if you call it dubstep or what, that just distracted <laughs> me. The <laughs> rup, rup, rup. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, all right, so I have a hint question for you. What unusual recording technique uh, was used for the voiceover production of the uh, roughly 80,000 words of dialogue in this game? Johnny, please tell us about this game. Sure, this game is called Haven. So I started with Hades, and I'm ending with Haven. Um, and other than five-letter titles that start with H, they have nothing to do with each other. Um, but Haven is, a, is another indie game that came out pretty recently as of this recording. I think it was December 2020. Um, 
And it's a game I'd been looking forward to since I played it at PAX uh, over a year earlier. Um, and it felt like a game for these times, these pandemic times, um, because it is the it tells the story of these two characters who um, are in love. They're you know they're in a committed relationship, and they have fleed across the galaxy to um, an uninhabited planet. Um, they think an unexplored planet, and um, they are fleeing from their society which you learn more about through the course of the story so i don't i don't want to spoil that um, but yeah the basic premise is they are on their own out in the middle of nowhere and they are making a new life for themselves and they really have only each other to depend upon um and uh and it, it's a it's a it's kind of a romance game honestly which i there i don't play very much of I, I don't think of as being super appealing to me in general um, but this game, I, uh, I was immediately, when I first saw it and first tried the demo, I was immediately taken with the animations. Um, you know, characters animating with each other in, in interactions, whether they're embracing or dancing or they're holding hands and flying around um, in the gameplay. Um, there's something very intimate and natural about the way these characters move and especially how they move together that uh, I, I just don't think I've ever really seen anything like it in a video game and that captured me right away and it's perfect for the the themes and, and the style of the game which is all about this relationship between these two people um, you and Kay a man and a woman and they come from somewhat different backgrounds and um, and, and they have different reasons to be where they are, um, you know, out on their own together. Um, but, uh, but a lot of that, again, is, is told through the story. So, um, yeah, Haven is a game about being kind of stuck largely indoors. Sometimes you get to go outdoors, um, but, um, but you're out there kind of on your own and spending a lot of time together and figuring out how to coexist and, and cooperate and work together in order to make a better life for yourself. So it's, uh, it is a game about, um, close relationships, you know, and, and romance, and there's some romance and a lot of flirtation and some sauciness too. It's like, it's, it's French. I'd say it's rated PG-13, you know, it's not explicit, but these characters are having sex and they refer to it obliquely sometimes um, in, yeah, I thought, a pretty cute way. Um, so just, you know, heads up on that. It's not entirely family friendly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it is a French-made game, although um, it, it's, it's all recorded and written in English. Um, you know, pr pretty convincing, um, very, very nicely written English um, uh, dialogue. And, um, and with English voice actors, American voice actors, um, or at least they're doing American accents. And, um, and yeah, that gets to the, uh, the hint question, um, what recording technique, unusual recording technique was used. Um, and that would be that these voice actors recorded their lines together and side by side in the booth together, um, which is uh, not done very much in the voiceover industry, um, for a lot of, a lot of reasons, I guess, production reasons. Yeah. I find that to be kind of shameful that it's not done more often mm -hmm. um, I, I guess I understand why but I mean, you look at animation that's not usually the way they do things mm -hmm. I mean they I mean maybe they can't have everyone in the room at once but it, you, you know I, I I'd be shocked if like with the Simpsons and, and things like that there aren't at least some of the cast recording their scenes together because um, it just it makes all the difference right 
Yeah, um, maybe for. I, I mean, certainly, I think um, you know the the really major animation studios like Pixar, they do have more collaborative uh, recording sessions. You know, where they have the they have the different actors do their scenes together. Um, but that's the exception rather than the rule. Um, for a game like Haven, I do think it's crucial because these two characters do all the talking in the game. They're really the only two characters. There's some very minor, you know, other people who come in for very brief periods, but it's it's 99% just you and Kay and them talking to each other and largely talking about each other. Um, and so to have their scenes feel uh, natural and have have all that dialogue recorded, um, you know, side by side. I think is it it makes it work. This is a game that um, the premise is pretty simple. The gameplay is pretty simple. Um, the the story, the you know, the the whole lore of, of and the setup for the story is nothing really that you haven't heard before. I think what makes it special is the execution. It is that you know the 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 voice, the writing, the acting, the animation. Um, all that comes together to 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 really kind of convey the themes uh, really really well and kind of make it stand out for me at least. Um, and I also really I like the music quite a bit. Um, it's by um, the composer, someone who goes by Danger. Um, not I'm not familiar with their other work, but um, the whole game has this kind of like high tech, trancey chill out vibe um, that goes well with the gameplay which is also kind of low stakes it's not super challenging it's not very rushed or anything like that um, you can kind of hang out and and relax while you play this game um, there is always kind of an undercurrent of threat um, and that's part of the story as well these this, this couple is being chased down and and they're they're living uh, apart from society for good reason um, they're they're fugitives basically so there's always a sense of tension and, and survival in the game, but also it's it's somewhat carefree a lot of times as well. You're gliding around environments. Uh, the gameplay is a is kind of like this. Um, it's almost like you're skating over these uh, these environments, which look like floating islands. The whole planet is like broken up into chunks, and you you f you fly over these bridges from one chunk to the next. And, and on each of these islands, you're, um, you're kind of finding these routes. You clean up some, some stuff on the ground sometimes um, and fight monsters occasionally, but a lot of it is just exploring and, uh, and roaming around these environments. And you find these threads of energy that you can kind of grind on. You have these hover boots and you're, like I said, you're often holding hands or one character is following the other and they're talking to each other. And you're, you're gliding around on these threads of energy that sometimes fly up into the air and take these very circuitous pathways that give you um, lots of nice overviews of the, of the scenery below and out on the horizon. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a low stakes chill out game and I think the music uh, really sets that up very nicely. was our last game for today or for this episode so you can send in your requests uh i do still take requests and honor them so you can send those to typ at nintendoworldreport.com there's also a form you can use um in uh i link to it in every uh, episode of this podcast so you can uh send your requests that way as well johnny is there anything you want to plug or you just uh, want to say happy new year <laughs> yeah, I got I got nothing to plug. Happy New Year, everybody. And, uh, you know, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And we'll get through it. Get vaccinated. Bye. Oof. Yeah.
Hades is copyright 2020 Supergiant Games. A Short Hike is copyright 2019-2020 Whipfoor Will Adam Robinson Hugh. GoldenEye007 for Wii is copyright 2010 Activision Don Jacques. Super Valis 4 is copyright 1992 Atlas Telenet. Heaven is copyright 2020 The Game Bakers. ちゅうちゅうロケットねみをたすけろちゅうちゅうロケットねこわこわいちゅうちゅうロケットロケットすごいズババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババ